morning. Again, just awesome to be here this morning as we uh, continue to celebrate the birth of the Savior. Um, this morning I want to talk about something that sometimes in East Tennessee is a little difficult, what to wear. If you look, I had shorts on yesterday, then a raincoat last night, and I hear that uh, later I may have an overcoat on, so that's just, uh, but it's important to know how to clothe yourself. It's important when you're getting ready that you clothe yourself for something that's appropriate for, for the event. Uh, a few years ago, uh, Rhonda broke her arm, and it was my fault. We were playing tennis, and I was on the other side of the tennis court, but it was my fault. I hit the ball where she's trying to get to. So. And uh, she broke her right arm, and I, there's a whole story behind that that I won't share with you this morning. But it made it difficult for her to get ready to go to work and, and other places, and, and um, I'd help her best I could. And I, I got to where I could do everything pretty good except her hair. I never got really good at doing her hair, but I could get her, you know, off and make sure she looked right. And then one morning, we had a very difficult time with her hair. I'm sure she remembers, and she got a little bit impatient with me. So I looked at her and said, just wear a hat. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was not appropriate attire for what she had to do. She had some business things to do. But, um, but again, it's just so important to... Uh, to have the proper attire, we, we, we need to look at weather, we need to look at what event we may be going to. But in our Christian life, it's also important to put on the right clothes, to be seen the right way. And I'm going to talk about this morning, what should I wear? And we're going to study Colossians 3, 12 through 17. And I'm going to start by reading that scripture right now. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for this word. Lord, thank you for sending your perfect example to show us how we should be clothed. Lord, I just pray as we study this scripture that uh, everyone here and everyone who may be listening at home, Lord, they receive the message 
that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, what should I wear? What should I wear? Again, there's certain things that are appropriate at certain times, and this is kind of the way I dress on Sunday mornings. I don't really dress like this every morning, and, and, and y'all probably wouldn't mind if I didn't wear a tie, would you? Nobody would say anything, would they? Probably wouldn't mind if I didn't wear a coat. Y'all probably wouldn't say a word, would you? No. But I can't do that. I had a really good dad. He taught me how to dress on Sunday morning. And if I don't dress appropriately, he's going, I can hear his voice still. Like he's here right now, I can hear him because he taught me if I get behind him, even though I wasn't preaching when he passed away, if I get behind him, there's a certain way that I want to, to, to dress just because that's the way, whether it's right or wrong, I, I'm not saying it's either, it's just what I do. Um, if I go play golf, I wear a golf shirt, slacks, and, or, or shorts, and and I dress for what I'm going to do. Whether I can play or not, I look the part. But again, this morning, as we study this scripture, we're going to look at what we should be wearing as Christians. When people look at us as Christians, what they should see. And if we look back in this third chapter, Paul starts out by talking about the full life in Jesus Christ. In verses 1 through 4, he says, seek the heavenly. And then in verses 5 through 9, slay the earthly. And then in verses 10 and 11, strengthen the Christly. So you've got to seek the heavenly, slay the earthly, and become more like Christ. That's what our goal is. And then beginning in verses 8 through 10, Paul uses the metaphor, putting on and putting off. Putting on and putting off. And that's the way he describes what's necessary to be a Christian. See, he continues this metaphor as we start here in verse 12, as he expands upon the things Christians are to put on, or to wear, or to clothe ourselves in. As we study these verses, we'll look from the perspective of what makes up Christian apparel? And again, I'm not talking about clothes like we're wearing right now, uh, but I'm actually talking about what the appearance people, the first appearance and, and the appearance people see when they realize that they're talking to a Christian. Are they seeing the proper attire? This attire that I'm going to talk about is the the, the first part of it, the first thing we should put on is really the character of Christ. We should wear the character of Christ. And in this scripture, Paul describes the character of Christ eight, with eight terms. He uses compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, and love. And those are the character, the characteristics of Christ, or Christ's character. You see, these eight virtues, they're telling us what we should put on, what we should wear, what we should clothe ourselves in. And the first two describe how we're supposed to treat others. The first two tell us how to treat others. The first term comes is compassion. We should have compassion for each other. And the second one is kindness. We should be kind. 
So compassion and kindness, that tells us how we should treat one another. And then when you go to the next two, it demonstrates the state of mind that we're to possess. Humility and meekness. Humility is just having a humble opinion of yourself. A deep sense of how small we are and how large God is. A deep sense of how huge God is and those attributes that we're supposed to have of God, that's the way we're supposed to treat one another. That's the state of mind that we should have. And we should be meek. We should be gentle. We sometimes in our society today mistake meekness for weakness. And they're totally different. Meekness is a sign of strength. When you have that state of mind where you're meek and you're you're willing, you carry yourself in a, in a humble demeanor, that's a sign of weakness. You don't need to talk and pat on yourself on the chest to realize who you are because you know who you are through Christ. So being humble and being meek is a strength. The third set of characteristics that Paul writes about tells us how we should act when we're mistreated. You ever been mistreated? I have. And here's what we should do when we're mistreated. We should... Be patient. We should have patience. We should be bearing with one another. We should bear one another. In other words, we should sustain and, hear and treat and endure people the way that God would treat them, not the way we want to treat them. And we should forgive one another. To forgive, sometimes that's the toughest part. And we often say, hey, we forgive, but we can't forget. The thing about it is it doesn't say anything about that. It just says to forgive. And if you want to know how to forgive, it's the way Christ has forgiven us. It's the way Christ has forgiven us. Who in here needed to be forgiven by Christ? Who still needs to be forgiven every day by Christ? Each one of us. Each one of us to sustain ourselves requires that forgiveness. You see, we should forgive others in the same way. We should forgive others in the same way. And if we really want to, again, as humans, it's hard to forget, but if we really want to forgive like Christ does, we need to forget also, because once he forgives us of those sins, they don't exist anymore. They don't exist anymore. They're gone. They're gone forever. That's the way Christ has taught us to forgive. And then the final virtue, the final characteristic that Paul writes about Christ is love. Agape love. Goodwill, benevolence, that's what it means. It means to take care of each other, to love one another. You see, these other seven characteristics of Christ are all wonderful, but they have to be bound together for them to be what they're supposed to be in us. We have to do things out of love. Love for each other, but also love for Christ. Love for each other, but also love for Christ. Some people are hard to love. Some people are hard to love. Do you agree? And we say, well, I can love them, but I don't like them. That's up to you, but... Uh, Praise the Lord, that's not the way Jesus loves us. 
He loves us because He loves us because we are His chosen ones, His beloved ones. That's the way Paul starts his scripture out, is by saying who we are. And that's who we are in Christ, not on our own. So this love can't come from something we manufacture within ourselves. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit to be able to love people that are not easy to love. Matter of fact, to make all these work, we've got to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us. Because some of these things are not natural for human beings. They're natural for Christ, but we're not Christ. Our goal is to be more like Christ. You see, love takes these other seven attributes and bonds them together and makes them perfect. Again, we can't be perfect on our own. The only way we can be perfect is by modeling Christ and relying on His love and His forgiveness. You see, without love, the other virtues can't last. We can do other things for a little while, but if we don't have the love of Christ dwelling inside of us, we can't continue, we can't sustain those other seven characteristics of Christ. You see, together is what displays the character of Christ. It's not seven out of the eight or six out of the eight. It's all of them working together. Those are the characteristics of Christ. That's who Christ is. You see, if we wear these virtues, then we can do some amazing things. We can do some things that we never thought we'd be able to do. We can love the people we never thought we could love. We can forgive the people we never thought we could forgive. We can help people we don't really particularly have anything in common with. We can love each other even when we're in disagreement. Those things can be done through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, through that love that comes only from Him. Think about how wonderful, how wonderful families would be right now if they applied these eight attributes to their lives. There'd be less children going to bed hungry tonight, I guarantee. There'd be less children being raised by their grandparents. There'd be less children being raised by people they don't even know if our families put these characteristics to work. Think about how wonderful our churches would be if we lived by these eight characteristics. Think about how many people we could feed, how many people we could bring to Christ by just doing these eight simple things. Simple things, they're not simple. They're easy to list, but they're hard to live. But wouldn't it be wonderful? It has to start with if you want your family to be like that or you want your church to be like that, it has to start with you. It has to start with me. I have to pledge, these are the things I'm going to do in my life. This is the way I'm going to live my life. It'll carry on to my family. It'll carry on to my church family. And then we can do some amazing things together when we live this way. Again, think about how many families would be saved. by putting on these characteristics of Christ. The next thing we need to put on is the peace of God. The next thing we need to wear, the next thing that needs to be in our, uh, in our wardrobe, the next thing that we actually need to put on is the peace of God. You see, that's what must rule in our hearts. We must live in peace. You see, Jesus died on the cross to give us that peace. He lived a perfect life. He took our sins to the cross and then took them to the tomb 
He left our sins there. He rose again so we can live in peace. We can go to bed tonight and not worry about our salvation because of what Jesus has done. That, is that not peaceful? To be able to lay down and sleep and think, man, Jesus Christ has done this for me. I'm supposed to live in peace. But we let other things, we get distracted, we let things disrupt that peace. We let things uh, outside of our spiritual life disrupt the peace that we feel that comes through Jesus Christ. You see, but for us to have this peace, to, for us to live the life that Christ want us, wants us to live, we've got to let this peace rule our lives. I've been looking at Scripture on this for a while, and I see where we're supposed to love with each other. I see where we're called to have peace. I see nowhere where we're called to be right. If we're in a disagreement, I see no Scripture where it says, you've got to prove your point. It's not there. We're supposed to love each other and live in peace. That don't mean that we bow down to things that we don't believe in, but it means that I can still love somebody I disagree with. I can still do things. I can still do positive things with, with people that I, I don't particularly agree with them. It's hard to do. I like to be right. I like to. But I've never, I've told you this before, I'm pretty good at arguing. But I've never won an argument. Even if I proved my point, I severed a relationship. I didn't live in that peace. So even when we're right, sometimes we're wrong. Because again, to live the life that Christ wants us to live, for people to see Christ through us, we need to live in peace. And finally, I say finally, there's a couple more, so just bear with me. The next thing we need to do is we need to let the Word of Christ dwell in us. To be able to do this, we've got to live through the Holy Spirit. We've got to let the Holy Spirit live through us but we also have to have the, have the Word of Christ, or the Word of God in us. That Word, which, which is Jesus. Jesus is the Word. He needs to live within us. And He needs to direct us. The Word of God needs to direct our every movement. We need to be in the Word. We need to read. And, and just, if you're, the only time that we're looking at the Scriptures. Uh, a little bit on Sunday morning, it's probably not going to last all week. Okay? It's probably not going to last all week. I don't care how good your preacher is. I don't care how good your Sunday school teacher is. If that's the only time you're hearing the Word, you're probably going to be pretty weak after a week. You see, the Word needs to live in us richly. For that to happen, we need to be hearing, we need to be listening, we need to be reading the Word every day. Through the conference, our new bishop has an initiative where she's um, actually going through Scripture every day with us. Matter of fact, there's a link, and I'll send you the link if you don't have it. Um, you may be getting an email, or you may see it on Facebook. There's a link to the Holston Conference where you can click on, and if you're on a commute somewhere, you can listen to our bishop reading the Word to us. Or you can read it yourself if you don't want to listen. But on my long commute, I like to listen to things like that. Um, that word needs to be dwelling in us. It can't dwell in us if we never let it enter. So we have to let the word 
the Word of our Lord and Savior live within us. When we get mad, man, when we get mad, usually the Word of God is not what comes out of me. I'll be honest with you, I wish it was. But the more the, more the Word I put in, the less likely something bad is going to come out of me when I do. But I can get mad sometimes. We're going to get off of that. Got a witness here. But we should have the word. We should be so full of the word that if we do get mad at somebody or we get hurt, we should be saying, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If we break our arm, praise the Lord. We didn't break both arms. If somebody cuts you off in traffic, well, praise the Lord, it didn't hit you. I about got hit the other day. I'll tell you that later. I'm going to tell this morning. But, I mean, it was close. 100 yards from my house. <laughs> um, and I will say that, praise the Lord, after I finally got the vehicle started, did come out. But when I'm trying to get the vehicle stopped, it, it's probably not the first thing that came out. I think the horn blowing and I actually knew the guy that about hit me, too. <laughs> but... Uh, the last thing we need to put on, the last thing we need to dress ourselves in is the authority of Christ. Because if we try to do all these things on our own, it's not going to last. It might last for a little bit. Even if you're trying to love the unlovable, you can do that for a little bit. But unless you do it in the name of Jesus Christ and use His authority, you're going to fail. If you're trying to feed the hungry, you can do it for a little while, but your supplies are limited, but his are not. His supplies are unlimited, and if we do it through the name of Jesus Christ, we can do some amazing things. If we have a disagreement with somebody, we're limited on what we can do to solve that disagreement, but he's not. If we try to solve it on the authority of Christ, we can do it. We can work together, even when we don't agree with each other. We can live together, we can love each other, even when we don't agree on everything 100%. You see, what we do on our own authority doesn't last. It doesn't, it's not effective. But when we use it, Christ's authority, then it is more than effective. When we're worshiping, we need to be doing it in the authority of Jesus Christ. Again, when we're feeding the hungry, when we're doing whatever, when we're, we, when we're uh, evangelizing, we need to be doing it in the name of Jesus Christ. I can't save you, but I know who can. It's in His name, not my name. We've got to let the authority of Jesus Christ rule our life. If we do that, then we can put these things on. We can, we can put on the character of Christ. We can put on the peace of God. We can put on the word of Christ. And we can use the authority of Christ. If we're letting his authority rule our life. Again, think about how much better you would be individually or as a family, as a church family, if, these are the, if this is the attire we chose to wear every day. You see, here's the reasons why, again, that uh, 
we wear this is we're, we're His chosen ones. We're holy. That means we're set apart to do His will. We're beloved by God. And we've been forgiven because of what Christ has done. Are these not sufficient reasons to put on the apparel of Jesus Christ? To put on the apparel that we should be wearing? Again, to be searching for His will every day. The next few Sundays, I'm going to actually be talking about following the will of Christ. Following the will of God is where I'm going to lead. So once we put this apparel on, we need to be looking for Jesus to let us know what we're supposed to be doing. We're ready. But again, we've got to put on compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Patience. We need to bear with one another. We need to forgive one another. We need to live in peace. And we need the Word of God dwelling in us. And we need the authority of Jesus Christ. And I want to end with these questions. Are you wearing this apparel? Are you living the life? Are you putting on these characteristics of Jesus Christ? Are you compassionate? Are you kind? Are you humble? Are you meek? Are you patient? Do you or do we bear with one another? And do we forgive each other? Most of all, do we love each other? Do we live in peace? Is the Word of God dwelling in us? And are we using the authority of Christ in everything that we do? Again, I want to leave you with those questions. And if you're not sure how to put on some of this apparel, I'd love to talk to you, pray with you. Or if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today's a perfect time. It's the first Sunday of the year. Second day of the year. I've already written 21 once today. I'm 0 for 1 so far with writing 22. So, But again, if you don't know how to begin that relationship, I'd love to pray with you. Because it is an awesome day to, to begin. And again, if you try to live these things without Christ in your life, you're going to fail. If you've been walking this walk for a while and you've been putting on these things and, and you've drifted away from Christ, because He don't drift from you, but if you've drifted away from Christ, you need to come back. I'd love to pray with you. And again, I just uh, want to close by telling you that I love you. And God loves us more than we can imagine. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you for uh, allowing it to dwell inside us, Lord. Thank you for the ability to put on these characteristics, these perfect garments that we can only put on through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, just help, help us to wear these clothes so the world can look at us and see Jesus Christ living in us. Lord, let us be prepared to pray with anybody, Lord, to, to lead anybody that don't know you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, let us be prepared to, to show them your grace and mercy, your kindness and love, that we can live in peace. Lord, help us to forgive Forgive people that's sometimes hard to forgive, Lord. Help us to put aside our selfishness, Lord, so we can live a life more like you every day. 
in Jesus' name. Amen.